But tonight we got a very special guest all the way from the Dream Center in Modesto. We have Everett. Everett, how are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing really good. Happy good. to be here. And uh, actually, I've been looking for. I haven't done it in a while, so it it, it has it's been you, a while. So. I was checking. The, I keep a list. You've actually been the longest one that it's been so far since you've been back. I, I was getting uh, a complex. So. <laughs> you were getting yeah, a little bit of a complex. I was like, wow, was it that bad? <laughs> well, why don't you tell everyone a bit about yourself? Uh, what makes you tick? What makes you you? Well, my name is Everett. I'm part of the leadership team at the Dream Center. Uh, I'm also the uh, network recovery director. Um, I have. I'm 53. I got four kids, seven grandkids. Um, besides doing the ministry, I like to chill. I like to watch sports. I can't play them anymore very much, but I love watching them. Um, I'm a very simple person, and I like the simple things. So I'm just living life. So. And I think I, I'm reading between the lines here. You're 53, and you're single. Are you single, and are you ready to well, mingle? You know, because I think we might have some ladies watching right now uh, that just might strike. I have here. Jesus, and I have a little lady at home. Um, I was going to say she's 12, but then I was, people start thinking I'm some kind of weirdo. He, he's got a dog. I have Let's a dog. So a dog right here, she's about 80. So they keep me busy. Between Jesus and my dog, that they keep me busy. I mean, busy. you have a lizard too, right? And I do have a bearded dragon, and he keeps me busy too. I'm sure. His name is Moses. Hey, that's pretty cool. So, Why'd you choose Moses? Any particular reason? Um, no reason. It, it, it felt good. Yeah. When I saw him. Hey, when you know, you know, right? Yeah, I, and, and I'm a, I hope it's a boy. So, or I haven't had him checked. So I just called him a boy, called him Moses, and I went with it. So, huh. <laughs> I think I actually knew a girl in college with the name Moses. So, I, th I don't know if like one person means that it could be. Did she have a beard? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't I don't believe know. so. <laughs> 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 this Nor was she a that. So. <laughs> Oh, man. As you guys can tell, tonight is we're going to get into some good stuff tonight. Uh, yeah. We haven't even gotten into the talking stuff, and we're already uh, firing all, on all cylinders here, Everett. But I want to break the ice with a little bit of question. And remember, this isn't just between me and Everett, although we, we'll answer the question as well. We want you guys to answer this. The, today's icebreaker question is this. What's the worst job you ever had? And let's just say... There could be some people that are watching that may, maybe haven't had a job yet. You know, maybe they're too young. They haven't gotten to that point in life. For those of you who haven't had a job, what would you say? What's the worst job that you think you could ever have? Like, like what in your brain, what, what's the worst job anyone could have on the planet? But for you, Everett, in your experience, what's, what's the worst job you ever had? Two come right away. Oh, okay. Two, okay. but I'm not going to give two. I'm just going to stick it to one. Okay. I love it. And I can... And uh, anybody at home wants to contact me, I can tell you two jobs that you do not want. Uh, even though you may be thinking of jobs you, uh, but yeah. Uh, my, like mine would be, for 13 years I worked for a, I'll just say, a very popular chip company that makes chips that we all enjoy during the holidays and salty snacks of all sorts. I'm just gonna start naming them. You just blink twice when I get it right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Doritos. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna blink. Just yeah, it's free to lay. Okay. Um, that was my worst job. That um, it was one of those jobs. Pastor Trinity, even in her message, she talked. She she made a statement about uh, 
the people of Bible, they knew what they signed up for. So even going back, I even have a friend that uses that phrase a lot that still works at Frito-Lay because uh, he, he hates it so much himself. But he, he continues to work there. And his phrase he always says is, I knew what I signed up for when I signed the paper. Uh, and in the same way, when she said that, it made me think of him. But I knew what I signed up for. But it started out as a good, a good job that turned bad um, over the years. Uh, it was hard. It was stressful. I think I worked 12 to 14 hours a day from morning to getting there and getting it's home. Work. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, and people that do know my past of being a recovering alcoholic, that didn't help situation any. Mm. My life was a mess. Um, and that job did not help. It was, it was a crazy job. It was hard. It was a really stressful. Any, and I think a lot of people at home, if, if you're in sales, you kind of understand the sales is hard. And I, I respect anybody. And you know, I, I always thought I was good at it. I just, it was hard. Sure. And my body was falling apart. It was a rough, it was a very physical and stressful job. You wouldn't think of working for a chip company as a like lot a of super people say it was only chips. Well, it, there's a lot more to it than just being chips. So, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it's a crazy job. Doesn't seem like they'd weigh that much with all the air that are in the bags, but uh, uh, not all. Some, mm-hmm. and then you always got dip, and you got That's other things. That's true. You and people about say that. people don't think about. Now it's called a salty snack company, not a chip company. Uh, very many move. different things in that criteria of salty snack. And <laughs> when you're 50, 60 cases of dip gets really heavy after a while. I'm sure. And uh, Well, that so explains why you're so jacked. Uh, I guess you there could was, I mean, there was the rumor that was going around that you were like the 1988. It was 1992, world, by the way. 1992. 1992 yeah. Weightlifting champion in the Olympics. Um, Pastor Troy was telling everyone that. That was the old days. Uh is yeah, that that, that's a whole other. Was story. that pre or post Frito Lay? Um, did did well, Frito Lay set you up for success in the Olympics, or did the Olympics set you up for success? In no, my pride after winning that, winning all that, thought I could handle Frito Lay with no problem. Ah. So it was actually before. And pride so. comes before the fall. That's what the Bible Exa- says. So. Exactly. So yeah. that's how God showed me. Real showed world me the lesson way. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Same. You're you know trend talked about it uh, this past weekend. If you haven't watched the message, you should, because it was awesome. Um, but I worked for Target, and there's a lot of stuff that wasn't bad about that job. Um, but it was my... I, I haven't had a ton of different jobs throughout the years, but I would say that was my worst one, because I was the cart attendant. And, uh, you know, you think cart attendant, that's going to be like your full job, is just keeping the carts up and keeping them clean and going and get them but that was like one aspect of it the other aspect was you had to clean the bathrooms once every hour you know you had to fill stations around the store every day like just stuff like that and uh, you know you get used to cleaning up the bathrooms and seeing stuff that you can't unsee (laughs) Uh, but there was one time I remember I had to clean up something that should have been a bathroom mess in the checkout lanes someone had pooped in the checkout lanes and uh we didn't know who we were like my initial thought was like it must have been a baby that just like went over its bounds but then i saw it and i was like if that was a baby something's real wrong with this baby because that's big and then i was i was like 
I can't even, I can't even, like my brain was just like, couldn't even fathom what had to transpire for there to be feces on the ground. And I had to mop it up and it just like went, every, oh, it was just the smell. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was terrible. I could one up you a little bit. Oh no. Oh it's, no. I used to have a job at CVS part time. I, I was working two jobs at the time, but I worked CVS at night. Was, is this your second, was this the second job that you'd say was your worst or is this no, just a No, no, this other? is just, this is just something that happened. This is just extra. Uh, here. No, this, that was a total different thing. <laughs> but the CVS job, we had a homeless person that was shopping in a CVS that I was working at. And they walked from one end of the store to the other and peed the whole way, oh, all the way to the front, out the door. It, we had to clean that up. Goodness, how long can one person pee? Um, all the way from aisle three <laughs> to the front checkout, <laughs> uh, depending on the layout of the CV. It was a pretty good walk. But yeah, oh, it was, uh, that, was, that was the one of those really moments. I'm you know, sure, you have those yeah, moments like, like, really? Did that yeah. just happen? It doesn't seem even and seem then, real. The, of course, yeah. the manager holds you a mop and says, "Yeah, it really just happened. Clean yep, it up." Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I had to deal with that. I remember the the Target store. There was a lady that was shoplifting, and they knew it, and they were like watching her. And they told me, they're like, she is going to try to go into the bathroom and, you know, put on the clothes and stuff like that and then walk out. And so they're like, you got to act like you're cleaning all three of the bathrooms. You got to have them all closed down and you got to tell her that they can't go in. And uh, I remember <laughs> they were like, and if anything goes down, just be holding on to your mop so you can defend yourself. And I'm like that's our game plan here at target <laughs> at this multi-million dollar corporation <laughs> this guy that this little scrawny boy that's cleaning the bathrooms is going to just uh, with a mop wallop yeah. some homeless person with a with a mop handle and uh like am i does that make me batman now is yeah. that my origin story is that how everything starts i'm starting to think we should do a daily podcast we have some <laughs> we really should. good we stories we got so many stories yeah i mean yeah uh would you guys be interested in something like that? <laughs> uh, maybe it would just be us two listening to ourselves again. The B&E show. Yeah. Hey. It's coming. Or so. E&B. I don't know. However you want to do it. Uh, I'm not proud. But what about you guys? Maybe you've already commented. We're, we're pre-recording this, but I am in the comment section live right now commenting with you guys. So what what's your worst job you ever had? We'd love to know. Can you one-up our stories? And if you can, just be gentle with the details, because if you're one up, and that means there's some details involved there. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I think my story's bad, but I'm sure there's people with a lot worse than I have. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so. That's just disgusting. I'm sure there's been traumatic incidents and all sorts of stuff across I'm the spectrum. I'm actually interested to see what people come with. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be in the comment section. That's a good break the ice crest question. Yeah. Usually I'm all worried about your question, but that was a good one. <laughs> it's a fun one, isn't it? Um, well, we want to, let's get into, now that we've kind of gotten into our groove here, let's uh, let's get into this weekend's message. Um, Pastor Trin spoke at all our campuses, and uh, she did a really good job. It was called God Heal Our Land was the message, and if, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it, because it was uh, really, really amazing. Um, what, uh, for you, um, what was, what part of the message, what point or did God speak to you some what was the most impactful thing for you and and why what what did uh, what spoke to you this weekend well I was lucky this week I got to speak after after the service or the gathering um, it was my week to get up and do the what next and talk to everybody so I 
the first thing, because sometimes we get these messages a little bit early to where we can read them and kind of get an idea. And even when I read it and then when she spoke it, the key thing that stuck out to me was uh, she covered a whole, it was, a, a, this message was covered to me like a lot. A lot of ground. Yeah. It's, it's, it was kind of cool how she pieced it all together. Because I'll be honest, when I first read it, I was like, where are we going with I don't. I kind of didn't get where we're going with it yet. But then when she did it, it covered like a wide area or spectrum. I don't know how to explain it. But there was one phrase that she used that I think is something I kind of, I'm a server and I like to help people and I like other people to serve. Yeah. And we, when she said that, when God says, that's why I sent you. Um, about how we need to be going out and being scattered and reaching people and helping people and reaching the lost. Uh, and that said a lot to me and it, it goes along with a lot with what I believe. Uh, but that, that phrase is what stuck out. Um, that's, I, that's why I sent you. Uh, I mean, we were looking up the song last night in our group because I brought that up in my group last night in Modesto. Um, I don't know who sung, sings the song, but there's a song, uh, a song on K Love and everywhere else, uh, talking about that's I, you know, asking God for help, but God re- returning with that's why that's why I made you, that's why I sent you. Um, so I am sending you hope. It's you, yeah, and that's that's who we should be. And I think as a network, we're really good at that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we are, right? Um, I feel like we really are. That's why I love this place so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's get into a little bit of scripture. And uh, these passages are going to be a little bit longer than we usually do for online. But they were just, they're so good that I don't want to, I didn't want to like skip over anything. And so I'm going to start in the book of Genesis. And Pastor Trin read through this uh, in her her message. Um, And I I just, I love how um, the two passages we're going to read uh, today, uh, she made a connection. That was the thing that stuck out, stuck out to me in the message between these two passages of scripture that I like hadn't clicked with me before that, you know, we're talking about the tower of Babel and how God confused their language and scattered them. And then later on, uh, in the upper room, when he poured out his Holy spirit, he brought everyone together and everyone, wasn't speaking the same language, but everyone could understand, uh, like the people outside the room could understand what was going on in their own language. So it was interesting, like I had never made that connection that that God had done that uh, earlier and had done the opposite later. Um, it was just really cool because the whole point in the first part, and we'll see this when we read it, was that if they continue along this path, that there's nothing that they won't be able to do, um, which was a bad thing for them then because their their aim and what they wanted was not healthy, was not good for them, was anti-God, or they wanted to be God. Um, but later on, I think, okay, now they can all understand each other. Now they're all unified and that same principle still applies. There's nothing that they can't do because God has brought us together. And that was just what spoke to me, um, just like... I know I have my shortfalls, I know my skills have their limits, but when we come together as the church and we understand each other and we know what our mission is, there's nothing that we can't do, even if we feel like we 
we can do it. He, we can do it. That's with why him. I think that when I said that there was so much in that message, yeah. there's so I'm, I'm being I'm curious to see what people say. Yeah, uh, I think there's going to be tons of different. Oh no, I got this from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so there was a lot in that. There was a, a lot, lot yeah, in that message. Great reminder, thank you, Everett, that we want to know from you guys. Yeah. Uh, we don't want you to be some mysterious viewer because it doesn't say who's watching. It just says a little number at the top. We want to know from you. What stuck out to you in the message this week? What what did God impact you with uh, through what Pastor Trin spoke? Um, but let's read through Genesis uh, 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to be reading it on my phone, but it'll be on your uh, device, whatever you're uh, watching on. It says this, it says, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language uh, and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. So, I, a question for you. What do you think God meant when he said nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them? Like, what types of things came to your mind when, when you read about God saying that about these people? Like, what do you think they were trying to accomplish? Why do you think God didn't want them to accomplish that? What, what stuck out to you about that passage? I think what they did is something that we we do a lot as uh, even followers do a lot uh, sometimes and even thinking that we're doing the right thing sometimes we get lost um, and sometimes we don't mean to and it takes something to bring us back but we uh, we get lost in trying to get the pat on the back uh, we try to we try to do things and we start doing it, end up starting to do it for the wrong reasons rather than just trying to do what God lead, leads you to do, what God wants you to do. We, pride steps in sometimes and, and it, it does it quietly. And uh, sometimes we don't know it until someone comes up behind us. You know, and as a church, that's why we need to be behind each other and say, you know, uh, you, you do it softly. Uh, well, sometimes it depends on the person too. You have to be firm sometimes. but. Uh, Sometimes we have to be checked, um, and God's got a certain mission for us. Uh, and sometimes we get off track, and we start trying to, you know, take the credit uh, instead of God's church. We start saying it's my church. Um, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to learn how to speak. I'm, a, I'm your typical guy. I speak first, and then I take the foot out and realize I got to apologize for something because I didn't really mean it that way. Um, I'm trying to slow down and think of the way I speak when I speak sometimes because I'll, I'll catch myself at my, my church or and it's God's church. And uh, we got we to gotta remember that. And I think that's where they got lost was it was all about them. 
they wanted the prestige of everything that they were doing and God was used his own way to as a father correct them yeah absolutely um, and the confusion wasn't as much of a harsh punishment it was to bring them back to show them what God wanted them yeah. to do I mean that's the way I yeah, see I, all I that I think it kind of boils down to like everyone just kind of wants to feel good about themselves right they want to be okay with who they are okay with what they've done okay with the decisions that they've made you know they want to feel okay about themselves but there are I mean a thousand different things that we've done in this lifetime that would go against that right and so we we try to do stuff on our own we try to do stuff uh, on our own time on our own skill set in our own way because when we are successful when we do something like that we feel good about ourselves because who accomplished it we did right and that's what is so different about being biblically centered and following jesus is that all of a sudden it is not about you anymore it's not about what you can do or what you bring to the table right it's all about jesus and what he can do through you um and i that's just what i what i see when i read this story is like they they wanted to they wanted to be famous right said that in there they they wanted to look good in the eyes of the people that are around them and i think that that is a pitfall that a lot of people fall into these days or just all throughout history right um but i i think that at least to me it feels like in our culture anymore um today so much is about the self right (laughs) from literal selfies right um that you take and post to social media and the more i think about that the more i'm like why why do we do that why do we take pictures of ourselves and post it for other people to like you know what where what is the breakdown on that why do we do that and that i mean we could talk about that all night um there's this whole that's coming the past few years self-help right um uh taking time to uh, what's the word uh like take care of yourself you know like a, a mental health day um it's not like those never existed, but I feel like it's becoming more on the main front. We we have become more self-absorbed as a society. Well, it's not only it's in our DNA. First of all, as a human, true. Uh, we live in a society that wants us, tells us that we should be this way. I think that's what is one of the harder, even in recovery, becoming a Christian. The biggest hurdle. Uh, is turning your life over to God and living for God because we naturally want to go back and be in the spotlight yeah. I and that's that's a hard that's a it's a struggle it's an everyday struggle yeah, actually for some struggle, people right? uh, so yeah that's I agree with everything you're saying yeah and I, I mean we all have moments of breakthrough where like we lay down what we want for what other people want or we give money to a homeless person or donate to a charity or something and we're we're selfless but i would say that that is more the minority of our time than the majority of our time i think we spend the majority of our time worrying about ourselves and what we're going through and how we look and appear to other people or how we are on the inside um we i think we focus too much on ourselves 
that we do, we don't give enough time to other people. We don't give enough time to the true mission that God has called us to, right? And that mission in it's, Acts 2, exactly. right, is to go out into the world, right? Um, and Trin talked about that in the message. You know, I don't want to necessarily recover everything that she covered, but you're right. She she covered a lot of stuff, right? There, I mean, there's no person on this world, I think, that could listen to that message and not have something that they could walk away with being like, okay, I need to do better in this area. Um, it was just a really good message. Um, like I said earlier, the connection between the Tower of Babel and the upper room in Acts chapter 2 was just kind of like a, an eye-opening connection that Trin made, for me at least. And so I want to read in the book of Acts, uh, where God does the opposite of what he did at the Tower of Babel, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Uh, again, this will be on your device. It says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Do you see like the parallel there, right? Like that's exactly how the other passage started, right? They're all at the same place, everyone in the world. Uh, excuse me. Uh, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. There's just so many parallels. I love this. I love that Trin brought this out into the light. It's so cool. Um, do, you, do you think that the people that were scattered that day, right? Because they were joined together, but then their mission from that point out was very clearly stated to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, and to the, to the ends of the earth, right? Um, do you think that the people that were scattered that day felt differently about it than the people who were scattered uh, at the Tower of Babel? Like, what's the difference between those two situations? Yeah, in our group last night, we uh, covered this also. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind or that I, I talked about was I feel like in the upper room or when the, the power of uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were empowered and they had direction. Yeah. So the positivity coming out of them and the excitement, the drive, yep. um, I can just imagine what, how they were so excited to get out and do it rather than being confused. Uh, and when you're confused, you're scared, you don't, chaos. I mean, that's what I picture when I thought about, when he's talking about the people of Bible, you know, it's something new. They, yeah, they and they weren't filled. It was just like they were just scattered and confusion, chaos. They couldn't understand each other's words compared to the other story. Yeah. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and take away the language. It was like, it's just the Holy Spirit being through them and, and then guiding them, sending them out. And the excitement and the, the uh, direction, I, I just pictured this uh, solid... You know, just happy people wanting to preach the word because they just feel it, and the Holy Spirit guiding them to do it. Mm. Um, that's to me, that's the difference. I don't, I didn't, see, I don't see the chaos in that. Yeah. To me, that's almost like, oh wow, now I get it. You know, and that's kind of how I am now compared to what I used to be. Yep. Is there's so many things I see now, and sometimes words that come out of my mouth that I don't even realize. It may, it may not be in tongues or anything, but I'm talking like, not prophetic, but 
somewhat intelligent, which I'm not known to speak that way. Um, but I wouldn't say that. You're a very <laughs> smart guy. But but it just and it comes natural, and it um, yeah. to where it's just like wow, this is like cool. You know, yeah. it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, so that that's that's that was my kind of my answer. No, I, I agree. the The difference was like where where was the empowerment coming from, and where was the mission coming from? Back then, it was just them, right? They were empowering themselves. They felt good about themselves. They wanted to be famous, and their mission of building this grand city and this huge tower came from them, right? Because of what they wanted. But later on, when the Holy Spirit invaded the upper room, those people were empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And their mission was communicated to them by the Holy Spirit. So when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to do some really amazing things with your life. But when you try to get through your life empowered by yourself, you're going to be in all sorts of chaos, confusion, and you might have moments of feeling puffed up and really good about how you're doing in life. But then... I mean, it's like, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 27 when it talks about the guy who built his house on the rock and the guy who built his house on the sand, right? Where, where is your foundation, right? If it's on you, I mean, you're going to break down and fail uh, nine times out of ten. But when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, that was the game changer. Um, that's where everything changed. And so, yeah, I don't know for you guys at home what you're getting out of this conversation, but I hope you're, I hope you're hearing me as your pastor that when you try to do things on your own and do it out of your power, your knowledge, your passion, whatever it is, when it's coming from you, eventually that, that's going to run out. That source is going to run out. But when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit and you're following his will in your life and you're, you're saying, God, what do you want me to be doing? How do you want me to be doing it? I'm laying down my opinion. I'm laying down everything I feel is right. Everything I was taught was, you know, how things were done in our society. I'm laying it all down. I don't give a rat's rear end about that, right? Less of me, more of you. What do you want? How do you want it done? When is the timing that you want it done on? I trust you. You're going to have to do this through me. That's the game changer. Coming from a someone in recovery, I so relate to that. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I have someone in my group that I talked to and, uh, I told her that's the difference between a Christian recovery group and a, a secular organization that does recovery. If you take God out of that picture, you may get clean, you may get sober. You're probably going to be miserable your whole life. Mm. I've, and I've seen it, but the difference I've seen as far as going through with the with Christ is the peace absolutely and uh, but it's when you give up because I'm telling you we know especially recovery people we know if we try to fix things and do things it's like the people of Babel uh, we screwed up yeah absolutely and it's 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 chaos it's confusion yep. uh, and and there's times that you can you can fix yourself for a limited amount of time right you exactly. can feel good about yourself yeah. in those moments but then what happens relapse yeah relapse always comes back trying to do it on your and own. worse usually and yeah and, and worse. worse absolutely so i don't know what it is for you it might not be drug addiction or alcoholism or pornography or any type of addiction like that it might be um but we all have something 
something that you need to surrender to God and be like, I, I am done trying to do this on my own. Um, whether I do it or whether I don't do it, that's on you, God, and what you tell me to do, but it's going to be through your power and your power alone that I get it done. And so your homework assignment this week um, is uh, one thing, and that is just, I want you to write down something that you need to, to, to surrender to God's will. That's simple. And put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day and commit time to praying over it on a daily basis, over that one single thing. And I just want to see what God does over this next week. And you can let me know uh, during next week's stream uh, what God did in that area. But write down one thing that you need to surrender to God's will and then commit to praying for that thing every single day this week and and just see how it goes. Um, But Everett, I know you have gone through this whole process and you get the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because you've seen it in your own life. So would you mind praying over the people at home and that God would do an amazing work in them and and that he would just have his way in their life? Definitely. Uh, God, I we come to you today. We thank you for uh, allowing us to be on the social media, to be able to reach people and talk to people, um, to just be real, to just be uh, honest and to be able to talk and um But we thank you, Lord, for being who you are. We continue to pray that you'll lead us, guide us, help us, Lord, to understand and not not be the people like Babel that were uh, wanting to be someone's just completely special and above you. I pray, Lord, that you uh, humble us. uh, You help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Bring us back down to reality and to understand our true mission as uh, Christians, as the, the church family, um, and just to help us and give us the wisdom and the guidance to do the things that you are calling us to do as your children. Uh, whatever struggles we might be going through, Lord, um, I don't need to name them. You know who's out there listening today. Uh, whatever struggle that might be, um, I pray you just kick the pride out of the way. Um, you help us to uh, reach out and uh, and just bless us, Lord. And uh, we uh, ask for your forgiveness if we have sinned. And just continue to drive us as we go forward. And thank you for bringing us here today. And all the church said, amen. 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 Well, listen, you guys are starting a journey. If you're going to follow through on this, you're starting a journey of surrender in your life. And that always starts with prayer. It's got to be bathed in prayer. And so tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, we have nightly prayer with our church network. We'd love for you to join us on Facebook. Search New Life Church Network on Facebook. And we're the one with the three hexes as the logo. And at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, one of our staff, staff members every single night of the week goes, live for prayer and we pray over the needs of the church and and the praise reports from the church and just uh, things that are going on around our nation around our world and so we want to make sure that you're joining us every single night for nightly prayer and if you have a prayer request you can submit those at our website newlifeca.church slash prayer or you can submit those in the comment section i'll make sure to add those to our list as well but know that that resource is there and available you don't have to go through it on your own let us know what you're going through so we know how to pray for you and again if you uh, feel led to 
give towards the ministries here at New Life Church because there are so many things that we want to do to see Jesus' name be praised amongst all the nations here uh, on earth. We, there's just no shortage of vision for what God wants to do at this church network. If you want to partner with that, that those ministries, you can do that at our website, newlifeca.church slash give, or you can text the word online to 209-647-3878 and follow those prompts. Well, I want to thank you, Everett, so much for joining us tonight. It was uh, awesome having you. Any final words you got for the people? Uh, I hope I did well enough to all be invited back sooner. Uh, <laughs> but no, just uh, just kind of take some time this week, check yourself and see what struggles you might be going through that you're not even realizing and uh, hand it over to God. Um, yeah. I tell people all the time that come to me with, you know, in recovery and stuff like that, that it's, it's life-changing. Uh, the things that God can do for you when we turn our life over and we follow him and, um, and listen, listen to what he has to say, listen and follow it. And you'll be completely amazed at how God will change your life. That's that. I mean, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to leave you guys with one final scripture and that's Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. So if you find yourself in a place of need, no matter what it is, two-step process, put the kingdom of God above everything else in your life and then live righteously. And he has promised that he will take care of your needs. And I pray that that scripture blesses you as we dismiss tonight. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again soon.